These days, it's easy to look at socials, magazines, and even designer fashion campaigns and think, we've come so far. And in many ways, we have. Representation is important, and the ideal of showcasing all bodies is becoming more mainstream. But diet culture and its self-improvement agenda remain as insidious and pervasive as ever. Today, we'll take a look at how diet culture continues to gaslight us. Are you ready? Welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. If you're new to Beauty Unlocked, I'm Carissa, host of this circus. Welcome, friends. If you've been a long-time listener, you know all about the shenanigans and utter fuckery that is Beauty Unlocked. <laughs> Are you ready? Welcome, friends. It's me, Carissa, bringing you another episode. It might be a little late, but another episode of Beauty Unlock the Podcast. How's it going? I was having a huge debate, an internal debate on whether or not I would go on a massive rant and rave. <laughs> and um, and I decided against it. But I will say this. The United States, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what y'all are doing, honestly, but um, there... To those people who say, I don't go and vote, get your asses to the polls in November because seriously, things are, you're all in a dire situation. Seriously, there, there are things that are happening and uh, there are a lot of things that are avoidable at this point. This is, this is all sorts of fucked up. Let me tell you that I don't even know where to begin. Imagine this. More than 311,000 students have experienced gun violence at school since Columbine. 311,000 students. I'm not talking about what's happening at concerts, cinemas, places of worship. These are at schools where you're sending off your child because you think that they're safe and they're not. And there are people out there talking about pro-life, pro-life my ass. You can't even protect the children that are here already. Anyway, my blood is boiling. Whew. Let's get into this, uh, <laughs> this article. My goodness. So this article was originally published on the 9th of September, 2021, and it was written by Pema Bakshi, and it's called How Diet Culture Continues to Gaslight Us in 2021. Now, I don't think much has changed with diet culture in six, seven, eight months time. So I think it's still, uh, <laughs> I think it, it still counts for 2022. So just a little warning that this article discusses disordered eating in a way that some readers may find distressing. So I just wanted to, to say that. These days, it's easy to look at socials, magazines, and even designer fashion campaigns and think, we've come so far. And in many ways, we have. Representation is important, and the ideal of showcasing all bodies is becoming more mainstream. But diet culture and its self-improvement agenda remain as insidious and pervasive as ever. We may look back at body image discourse of the 50s and 60s all the way up to the 2000s in disbelief, wondering how businesses could have ever gotten away with such blatantly irresponsible marketing. But diet culture really hasn't gone anywhere, but rather has taken new shape. 
Just one quick Google search serves me 1,830,000,000 results for weight loss. That's a fucking huge number. And another 1,330,000,000 for diet. Typing in virtually any body part suggests the related term workout, as well as plenty of ads promising instant, proven results. Mm, 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 mm. But of course, we can't talk about diet culture without talking about capitalism. In a hyper-commercialized world where the business of looking good can earn you literal billions, marketers work hard to keep selling the dream of physical perfection. Frankly, it's not terribly hard. But despite a growing movement towards body positivity, young people continue to develop body dysmorphia and disordered eating at an alarming rate. And this is especially true since the pandemic started. To help draw attention to the complex issue of body image and the ways it is used against us, we spoke to Joyce Tam, clinician and manager of the Butterfly Foundation's National Helpline in Australia. Unrealistic body ideals are nothing new, Tam begins, but the ideals themselves have changed considerably. Uh, Tam says, and I quote, In the 50s, there was a strong focus on movie stars such as Marilyn Monroe, who boasted a curvaceous figure, before the 60s celebrated supermodels like Twiggy, who had an extremely thin frame. The 80s saw a focus on fitness with muscular and toned frames being the preference, and then the 90s became synonymous with the infamous heroin chic, look sported by some of the biggest supermodels at the time, she says. Now the goalposts have moved once again, with the hourglass figure back in demand, thanks to the likes of certain reality stars, <coughs> Kardashians. <coughs> <coughs> Throughout history, images of beauty are reflected in diet culture, and what is considered attractive is always changing. So why do we still get so hung up on the inches and kilos of it all? According to Tam, it's not our fault. Diet culture is ingrained in our culture, and it takes active consideration to not let yourself be impacted by these social constructs. In 2019, the weight loss, weight management, and dieting market was valued at, and listen to this, $192.2 billion, and this is projected to increase to $295.3 billion by 2027, Tam points out. This is a market that is literally designed to make people think and feel like they are not good enough, that their bodies must be changed, and only once you have reached the pinnacle of success, i.e. weight loss and the thin ideal, you will be happy. After all, it's not exactly the physical body being marketed to us, but what comes after, as if all the other imperfect pieces in our lives will, be, uh, will tip like dominoes and fall into place once we reach this goal. If we could just look like X, we'd be happy. And happiness is always an easy sell. So what about all the change then? All too often, we're served up body diversity and size representation in its most palatable forms. Non-straight-sized people with perfect cinched waists and smooth skin, for example. Sure, the needle has moved, and industry standards for beauty, wellness, and fashion now demand that brands use diverse casting or suffer the risk of being called out or cancelled. But herein lies the problem. We're provided with just enough diversity to still view these bodies as different and made to feel that these crumbs are major victories. But it's the brands that are being celebrated, not really the people. And these milestones can lean more towards tokenism and virtue signaling. 
Before I continue with this article, I just want to say that if you hear any kind of drilling or any kind of like machine noises in the background, that's because for some reason all around um, my house, there's like construction going on and it's driving me absolutely crazy. So I would like to apologize for that because I know it gets annoying, but <laughs> I, can't, I can't do anything about it. Like it's either that I record at 3 a.m. or I, I record like, I don't know, maybe like at 10 p.m. So I'm, I'm kind of like, oh God. <laughs> so, so sorry if you can hear any kind of drilling or any kind of motors and stuff like that going through going on in the background it's not my fault and now i've i've drawn attention to it and y'all are gonna try listening to see if you can hear the drilling in the background <laughs> alarmingly a lot of the advertising does work we've somehow been sold the idea that all of this means that diet culture and all its anti-fat propaganda is dead but did it actually die no it didn't or did it just find ways to remarket and diversify yes it has we see it not only in gyms, diet shakes, or weight loss advertising, but in fashion, beauty, and health too. Suddenly, our flat arses don't look good in the jeans we've always loved. Our textured skin doesn't suit this no-makeup makeup liberation. And our social algorithms are filled with happy, skinny people supposedly killing it at life. All the mixed messaging can weigh heavy on a person. The radical self-love movement pushed for body liberation, and while its intentions were noble, it simply didn't stick. The added pressure to love ourselves just as we are in a world that tells us not to isn't fun, and it's easy to slip into feelings of guilt and failure. Of course, self-love has become its own marketing machine too, but simply telling people to ignore a lifetime of ingrained belief isn't enough. It's not even just media and businesses, but institutions too. A groundbreaking multinational study of almost 14,000 adults across Australia, Canada, France, Germany, the UK, and the US by the Butterfly Foundation found that 66.6% .6 of participants had experienced weight stigma when visiting a doctor for healthcare. Patients with a higher body weight also identified doctors as one of the most common interpersonal sources of weight stigma. And this is why so many people, when they go to the doctor, apart from already having the anxiety of going to a doctor, because we all know that if you are uh, higher in weight, a doctor is immediately going to say, whatever, whatever your symptoms may be, the doctor is going to tell you this. You must lose weight. Okay, motherfucker, what does my weight have to do with such and such a pain that I'm feeling? Go f get the fuck. Seriously, I'm so sick and tired. Oh my God, seriously, society, fucking do better. So many ailments go undiagnosed because a doctor doesn't fucking listen to the patient. Listen, if, if y'all are not going to listen to what a patient tells you, why the fuck did you become a doctor in the first place? Because your whole thing is to actually help people and you're not doing so. And it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. And now we're in a global pandemic. The push to optimize your health and emerge from lockdowns, a hotter, better you, is more palpable than ever. With our phone and television consumption only heightened in lockdowns, Lifestyle Association and its ties to body image have run rampant. For many people, the pandemic has impacted regular eating and exercise routines, says Tam. 
Unfortunately, this has led to significant discourse from the diet industry about weight gain during periods of lockdown, with terms such as the COVID kilos and quarantine five being coined. This type of messaging is extremely problematic in an already stressful period, with research suggesting that increased exposure to weight-stigmatizing social media messaging has been linked to greater eating disorder symptomology at this time. People do not need to be told that they need to look a certain way as society starts to open up again. Instead, we should use this time to be kind to our bodies, grateful that they're helping us to get through a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. It's easy to point out these problems when you're actively thinking about them, but when we're caught up in the undulations of everyday life, we can lose sight of what makes sense. Our lives don't operate in the same way that those of the Kardashians and Instagram models of the world do, despite what social media's comparison trap can have us believe. Ultimately, fitness is not a one-size-fits-all situation, and health advice should always be sought from professionals you trust. Mental health plays a vital part in our overall well-being, so be kind to yourself and to others, and always seek help if things begin to bog you down. Above all, remember that diet culture cannot take away your innate value as a person, says Tam. We are worth so much more than our bodies, weight, and appearance. So we've come to the end of the article written by uh, Pema Bakshi. And it's like Tam says, we are more than this body. And I know it's very difficult for us to kind of shake off diet culture and what it's done to us all these years. It's, it's like Tam says again, you know, mental health is very important for overall well-being. And one of the things that we should start doing is really becoming self-aware of the things that we are listening to, watching, you know, uh, looking at on social media. If there's content that you're looking at it, it makes you question your value, your worth. It makes you feel guilty because you don't fit into your favorite jeans anymore. Or it makes you feel guilty about the food that you're eating. Step one is to unfollow. In all honesty, it's unfollowing. You cannot tell somebody's health by their body type, by their weight. You really can't. Because guess what? There are people who have this society's ideal body type out there who have high blood pressure, who have cholesterol. Just because somebody is plus size, is fat, is bigger, it has a bigger body, doesn't mean that they are unhealthy. I spend a lot of time on social media, not because I'm mindlessly scrolling. Sometimes I do that, but also for, for work purposes. And sometimes I cr come across uh, things where I'm just like, what in the actual fuck? This is diet culture at its finest. <laughs> it's, you know, the selling of shakes and lollipops to make you suppress your appetite and diet pills and this pill and that pill and these detox teas and this and that. And it's all bullshit. These industries won't be going any, anywhere anytime soon, right? They're always going to find ways to use different words, use different statements, bring out a new product. But at the end of the day, they don't care about you and your overall health. They just care about making a quick buck. Remember that. And each time if you, you've tried diets in the past and they don't work out or they work out for a certain time and they're not sustainable and then you might gain weight or gain more weight back, remember this diet culture is never going to say, well, you know, that's our fault, 
right? They're always going to blame you and say, well, that's because you didn't have self-control. That's because you ate past the time you shouldn't have eaten. That's because X, Y, and Z. They'll never put blame on themselves, but they'll put the blame on us. It's not us that's the problem. It's them. So we've got to be more self-aware about what we're listening to, what we're reading, what we see on social media. It's summertime in this part of the uh, the hemisphere, and obviously there's going to be more skin showing. We're going to be showing more skin. I want you to hold yourself accountable. If you start judging your body, ask yourself, where did that come from? Why do I feel ashamed of my body? Who put this into my mind? And if you're judging someone based on their body type as well, ask yourself the same question, because I can guarantee this, it's the industries that put it in your mind. I want to read something out to you that I find fitting and a great way to close this episode off. And it's, I believe, a tweet by Jamie Karoma. And they said, with how fragile life is, worrying about what you look like seems pretty insignificant. Wear what you want. Tell someone you love them. Throw away your scale. Try that hobby you've always wanted to. You better go enjoy life while you still can. With all that being said, I hope you have a very safe and blessed weekend. And you will hear from me next week. Bye! Make it clap, 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 cl